This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. This is absolute heaven for me. It's heaven for anyone who loves golf because we are at the home of golf for the Open Championship. Now, Elk, it's a huge one this year because it's the 150th Open Championship and we're in St. Andrews at the Old Course. I wish I was in St. Andrews. I'm watching all the TV coverage and I'm so homesick right now. I wish I was in St. Andrews as well, Diane. I can't believe when I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the coverage as you are. I know all those buildings down the side of the, behind you there. I, I know the scores. I know all the pubs in town. And it's just <laughs> the most uh, magical week if you're a golfer to play or to be a fan. I played in the Open in 95, 2000, uh, 2010, I think. So I've been there quite a bit. On oh, 90, 95, and 2000s when I was there, had a yeah. had a close call in 95, which actually helped me win the PGA. Um, but incredible week. <clears throat> There's a lot to break down. It's a very uh, it's a lot of a lot of players. This is their favorite course, Diane, and a lot of players think it's the worst course ever. And we're going to try to balance that out a little bit and try to explain to you why there's such a love affair for this course for a lot of the players, including Tiger, Jack Nicholas, and many, 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 many others. There's so much history, so much legacy. As you say, it's magical. It really is. And it's such a unique place. The old course is a course unlike any other in the world. I mean, we're going to go through some of the features of the course. It's, um, I mean, it's made by the land like there's there's no other way to describe it it's it's rugged it's original there's no room for them to expand it because they have the property and that is it I mean it plays on the water we're going to talk about the course routing as well but um par 72 just over 7300 yards and I always tell people that if you're going to St Andrews even if you don't love golf it's you have to go and if you go there on a Sunday the course is closed they have a, a recovery day on the Sunday but it pretty much turns into a dog park especially the first and the 18th which you can kind of see right behind me there but people can roam the course it's just it's um yeah I mean I, I stand by what I said at the top it's just a place unlike any other in the world yeah, and on that Sunday, you're allowed to walk the golf course and take a look at the holes. I always encourage everyone to walk up to the old graveyard at the top of the town, Diane, and see Tom, Mor Tom Morris's graveside. And when you read his tombstone where he rode across the ocean in a boat uh, and played the open, and when he was there, his wife died giving birth to Tom Morris Jr. And then he played and then he went back and died not thereafter from a broken heart. It's just, it's the most, you know, in goosebump stories about uh, the old course incredible 
Yeah. And of course, we've had so many amazing golf moments here as well. And we're going to talk about Tiger Woods, who's won twice around here and uh, and really dominated in those years. But we'll get into that. Um, let's start by talking about the course then. And I mean, we're, we're going to get onto our picks. And I had a hard time making picks this week because... That's um, you almost have to throw the stats out the window <laughs> because one, it's a major, final major of 2022. And, um, you know, we know in that sense that, as you say, the cream always rises to the top. So that kind of, it kind of limits the field in that sense. But again, experience has to count for a lot playing the old course. What are your favorite parts of the course? I mean, all the times you've played it and competed in the open, what do you love about the old course? Well, it's charming, of course. You start underneath the Royal and Ancient uh, building right there behind you on the left where they make the rules of the game and you finish coming back up the 18th and the road hole there looking at the town all the way in. And, you know, to understand St Andrews, Diane, you have to think about being a chess player. And the reason a lot of people go onto the golf course and they don't like it is they don't understand how to play chess or they don't understand how to play angles. And when I think about when I started to handicap this week, Diane, a lot of people by now must know that this golf course is only two holes wide. All the front nine goes down one side of the coast, does a, does a little uh, loop at the turn, and then it comes back and plays right beside the front nine all the way back. So the wind blowing is a, is a huge factor. You might, for example, this week get and a big advantage on the front nine blowing downwind, but then you know when you turn the corner and you come back, you have to play every hole back into the wind. And when I handicap this event, I think of Tiger Woods or I think of Jack Nicklaus and I look at the stats when Tiger won here in 2000. He, he wasn't in one bunker for the whole week, which is just mind-blowing. It just shows you the discipline of this man. Faldo in 90 was in one bunker for the week, another disciplined week. Jack Nicklaus is his favorite course. So this week, it's plain, firm and fast. They're talking about 400-yard drives. They're talking about driving par fours. They've been asked if, if 60 is going to be broken. <clears throat> I don't think any of, that's, any of that's going to happen because the winner this week will have to play an experienced, disciplined game. Everyone on my sheet this week, I don't think, I don't think a, a rookie at St. Andrews can win this tournament this week. It's going to be too tricky with the wind. It's going to be too much chess playing. How do you get the ball... I heard uh, Paul McGinley on the telecast last night. He played tons here with me in the in the old days when we played the Dunhill links. You look where the pin is on each hole and you work your way backwards. Okay, how do I get near that pin? I may have to play down another fairway to dodge a couple of bunkers that weren't in play yesterday. Now the wind's changed. And how do I get an angle into that pin? The fool, the foolish golfer, will just smack it down the middle and finish up in one of these jacuzzi bunkers and get so frustrated they blow himself right out of the water. The experienced one has charted his way around this course, kept the driver in the bag, played the angles, played chess, but there's one thing, Diane, that's going to be the winner of this tournament is the guy who's putting good because you're, a lot of these pins, the RNA is going to set these pins tucked in behind these cavernous bunkers that are absolutely... No good to be in. Road hole bunker, for example, just to your left. You may not be able to get out of it once you get in, maybe backwards. So you may not be able to get within 40 or 50 feet of some of these pins, and you're going to have to be able to lag because these greens are so big. They average 23,000 square feet, almost half an acre per green. Everybody's going to be on the green in regulation, Diane. So what's going to separate it? It's going to be the guy that plays the angles. And this guy's going to be a very, very disciplined off the tee and a very good putting from short range. Okay, what a fantastic explanation. Uh, we talk about the greens because they're so big that they're actually used on, on dual holes. The only holes that have single greens are 1, 9, 17 and 18. And what's cool is, I mean, you do have to pay attention to it, but heading out on the front nine, the pin flags are all white and then coming back in, they're red apart from 18. And it's a great story because you'll see this red building behind me. It's a super fancy apartment building of all things um, overlooking the course. And because it's red, they had to make the flag on 18 white. <laughs> so it stands out against the red building, which is just great. Um, so huge greens. Um, the green that's used for 7 and 11 is 112 yards wide, <laughs> which is just, I mean, again, it's such a unique characteristic. And the other thing, Elk, is um, 
the troubles down the right, you know, you've got those gorse bushes that Scotland is just known for, those horrible, thick, prickly gorse bushes. And are you almost encouraged to play towards the trouble if you want to really score around the old course? Well, it's a fair question. They say that three things make the most famous courses. One is undulation. Well, someone would say, well, St. Andrews is flat. Well, no, it's not. If you've ever stood at St. Andrews, it's got some of the most severe slopes, like the one right behind you, the Valley of Sin. They all have names. All the bunkers are named Strath. And uh, I told you some Scott, (laughs) Hell Bunker, uh, where Jack Nicholas famously got in Hell Bunker in 1990 and took him six or seven shots to get out of Hell Bunker. Um, But to answer your question, because the golf course is out on on the front nine and back in, the safe way to play it is always draw the ball. And we always said when John Daly won this tournament that drawing the golf ball off the tee, you finish up in the golf course all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you go down the right side of every hole, you're either in the gorse or you're out of bounds or coming back the other way. So going back to the three things that make a great course, undulation, Mm -hmm. um, a a water feature, which is the North Sea (laughs) off to the side, and the mature trees and someone would say there's no mature trees at St Andrews and I'd say wait a minute there's a thousand year old gorse bushes that have trunks that they look like human bonsai trees the trunks are as big around as this and they're only two feet tall and it's the most incredible gnarly stuff and gnarly that's the word (laughs) to answer your question not necessarily trying to take on the right side is always the play. It depends where the pin is, where's the wind, how do I approach it, how do I get into the, into it? Okay, well, let's talk about the wind and the weather because the forecast this week, I mean, the, the sky's behind me. It's not far off what they're seeing right now and they haven't had a lot of rain there lately. So the course is kind of baked out and it's playing very firm and very fast. Looking at the, the forecast and we had a look to see if one side of the draw was going to be at more of an advantage than the other Thursday, Friday, and it doesn't look like it. It looks like the wind is going to be pretty consistent blowing Thursday and Friday. Friday, maybe a little bit of rain um, on Friday. And then as soon as the weekend rolls around, it's going to be glorious. They're going to have a fantastic end to the Open Championship and, and the weather looks great, warm temperatures. So playing um, the old course, playing firm and fast and pretty baked out is just going to make it even more exciting. Well, all these bunkers that you see, I did some drawings this week. Uh, all these bunkers, when the, when the course is firm, they act as vacuum cleaners. You know, you hit a ball, the moment you hit it off the tee and you miss your line, it's going in there. All the land is all, uh, you know, it's all graded to go into these and just funnel into a mouse hole. And basically that's what happens to your ball. Of course, you just said it. Probably the greatest finish in the history of all of golf you could say that about a lot of courses, you know, Augusta National, uh, okay, 18th hole, eh, not so good. Maybe the back nine is great, but the 18th, this one, the 17th hole, Diane, the road hole is the most incredible, most insane hole. <laughs> These players will have to hit across. You'll see it tons of times on TV, but you'll have to hit across the out of bounds over the edge of the old course hotel into a slither of a fairway. And then, of course, you'll play a approach shot that if you dare to try to fly it on the green you will be risking everything because if you miss it you are either going to go in hell in in road hole bunker left or it's going to skip across and go onto the road which is bitumen and gravel it's not friendly at all it goes across into a stone fence it's the most whimsical and quirky hole in the history of the world and and the winner will have to play probably short to the right unless it's, a, unless it's tight and they're going to try to go in. But just to hit this green in regulation, you've hit the best shot maybe of the week. And <laughs> 18 with the Valley of Sin was always drama. Constantina Rocker, of course, hold it out of the sin, playing with John Daly and so on. It's going to be, and the world will be wrapped around that hole. There's a, there's a, I should pull up my notes, Diane. I can get to it quicker. Maybe here uh, on hole 15, I was looking at the names of all the bunkers. And on the 15th hole, it bottlenecks into this very severe area where you would like to be, and it's called Miss Granger's Bosom. That's the, <laughs> that's the area that you need to be off the tee. And I'm assuming if I, my memory's right, it's between two substantial mounds there, Miss Granger. But 
the bosom of this course, Diane, is right behind you, and you are coming right into that uh, all the way home, and it's going to be fabulous. We need to find out who Miss Granger is. She sounds like <laughs> like someone you'll want to meet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, exactly my thoughts. Right? <laughs> 17 always plays as the most difficult hole on the course. And um, that road hole bunker has been named the most notorious golf hazard in the world. So when guys... Nakajima Sands, where Tommy Nakajima in 71 was playing well. I think it took him 11 to get out of it. I think uh, the Sands of Nakajima, I think, is his <laughs> nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, right. And and the wind, I mean, we've talked about the wind. We saw it last week at the Scottish Open as well. And we had summed it up on the show that when they say the winds are going to blow at 15 miles per hour, add on another 15 miles per hour. And that's probably a better representation. And the winds are really going to blow this weekend. Um, a gust up to, it says in the forecast, gusts up to 30 miles per hour. So we're going to add a little bit more on and, um, and we're definitely going to see a lot of wind. Before we get into our picks, let's talk about Tiger Woods because as we say, this is the one that Tiger's been gearing up for and he's said it himself that he just wanted to give this one last crack. Hopefully it's not his final time, um, but with his history here, he won by eight strokes in 2000, five strokes five years later. And it's just, it's, it's a special place for him. Um, what do you make of Tiger? Bearing in mind, we saw him play the JP McManus Pro-Am last week. He looked in pain walking even down the first fairway. He walked St Andrew's Old Course on Saturday night with Justin Thomas and a wedge and a putter. He played all 18 on Sunday. We've seen him out playing Monday and on Tuesday morning. Uh, what do you think of Tiger and where are you kind of putting him this week? Well, he's played a lot of golf since he's been there in a short time. So that tells me that the leg must not be too bad other than it just looks bad when he walks. It looks like he has more limp today than he did at Augusta in April. If I was handicapping this event, Diane, with Tiger at his best, he would be so far ahead of the field of, because he's willing to play tactical golf, play in chess golf. Very precise player. We saw him win an Open Championship where, what did he play, one driver the whole day each time when he won at, uh, I think it was Hoylake. Not sure where Rory won. Uh, you might be able to remember that one. Um, however, his swing looks okay, Diane. I, you know, his playing partners, Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy, are saying it's crazy to, to uh, you know, not put Tiger somewhere in the mix. I think he'll... Uh, he'll play disciplined golf. He knows how to play it, and that will get him into the cut, Diane. And that would be a, a massive win for the tournament to have him walk up over the Swilkin Bridge behind you there on the 150th anniversary on Sunday. That would be the win for me. Won't be able. He's not strong enough physically anymore to play with these guys, even though power is not necessarily the key ingredient on this course. It'll be more brains this week. We did see uh, Zach Johnson win this tournament, much shorter hitter in wet conditions. So Tiger Woods, a big win for him over to get on that bridge on Sunday right behind you. Okay, well, he's 60 to one to win. He's plus 550 to finish in the top 10. Um, he's not one of my picks this week. And I really hope that comes back to bite me in the bum because I would love to see him um, obviously go out there and, and make <laughs> history. It would be one of the greatest moments in golf ever. So um, yeah, we'll have to see how Tiger does, but hopefully, as you say, if he can play four days, it's a win for everyone and it's what everyone wants to see. So here on the Tour Report, we're teaming up with Athletic Greens to tell you all about their super product, AG1, and how to get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals and probiotics in your diet really nice and easily. So I started taking AG1 just to feel healthier overall and I wanted to make sure that I was doing my body some good by taking all the correct supplements. It's a powder and I just put a scoop in water, shake it up and drink it on an empty stomach when I first get up in the morning. It gives me a really healthy burst of energy when I first get up without that dreaded crash later in the day and just makes me feel better about being healthy. I gave it to my husband who's quite obsessed with taking a million vitamins and supplements and always forgets to do so and he's already found it so much easier. I mean you don't have to remember to take lots of pills, just one drink when you wake up. I drink it on the way to the gym or when when I'm out walking the dogs. 
Your subscription also comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is great to take all year round. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews from all walks of life, including professional athletes. Now, to make it nice and easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of that immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash secret golf. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash secret golf to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Right, well, we're going to get into our picks. So we each have, we're going to do outright favourites, ones to watch, and then that dark horse that has to be over 100 to 1. As I said, I struggled this week. And I've, there's a, there's one name in particular I've been thinking about for a long time, and I'm, I'm sticking with him. But it was um, it was tough. I was looking through our re-ranking, and um, I, I'm happy with my picks, but I'm not feeling as confident as I usually feel. Well, the reason you're always confident is you've picked three of the last five winners of PGA tournaments outright. I, I was lucky enough to piggyback one of those. But when I think about the favorite of this event, um, the most motivated, the two most motivated guys in this field by a mile, of, well, Rory McIlroy is, is rated number one, the heavy favorite. Rory's been playing a lot of golf with Tiger, and you know that Rory is watching very closely what Tiger's doing, and you know that Rory also knows the legacy of winning this tournament because Tiger tells him, mm-hmm. you've never, you've, you've done nothing until you won the Open Championship at St. Andrews. And the other guy that's the most made of, motivated is the other guy that's play, been playing with Tiger, and that's Justin Thomas. Those two guys are the most motivated to win this event. Most gifted player, Rory should be there in the top five going into Sunday. No problem. Justin Thomas, much the same. Will their putting... Will Rory be able to play, in my mind, will Rory be able to play strategically? They're not either one of my picks this week. Will he be able to play enough chess? Will Rory play away from the hole when he has to and not get tangled up like we see him sometimes do? Justin Thomas will play disciplined golf. But is there some other guys that will be better this week? I happen to think so. Okay, well, I'm just going to come out and say it, that Rory was my outright favourite pick to start. I do have two <laughs> because maybe my confidence in Rory is not as high as I thought it would be. But to be honest, after his Sunday run at the Masters, I was like, I'm picking Rory for the Open now. And I know I've picked him a lot since then, picked him to win the RBC Canadian Open. But um, I, I just feel good about Rory. I mean, as you say, he's playing some great golf. He's got winning experience playing Lynx golf and at the Open Championship. And it's, for me, the only question mark is around the green, knowing how important those shots are going to be. And obviously we just need um, good a good putting performance from Rory, but he's 10 to one and there's no way I was going to leave him off my card this week. So I have Rory as my favorite. I do have another one. I think you and I are both looking at the same guy. <laughs> You want me to give me mine, then you come back and double down with me? Okay. Well, Rory McIlroy, of course, making these – what's the, the difference maker in this event? Of course, and no disrespect to any of these guys that I'm going to name here because they're all almost – when I think of the current group of players, Diane, Xander Shoffley, I think I said on this podcast uh, last week, I said, is it possible that Shoffley could win Hartford, J.P. McManus, and the Open Championship? Probably have to roll that piece of tape. Uh, I don't think he'll win this week because he's kind of a rookie over here on this course, but you're talking about Morikawa, Scheffler, Rams, Alatoris, Answer, Kepka, uh, Brooks Kepka, DJ, Hideki, Shoffley, Cantlay, all these guys. To me, they're all very similar in ability, but this week, as I've talked about already, the difference this week, Diane, will be putting on the crosswind six to seven footers for par. We, I saw Tiger practicing this morning. All he's doing is practicing 60 footers and uh, Aaron Oberholster had a word with him and he said, why are you doing that, Tiger? He said, well, this is where I'm going to be. There's, with the wind blowing out of the west, I think you said, Diane, left, right to left on 18, left to right, uh, sorry, yeah, left to right on the front nine, downwind. So the tee times aren't going to be that crucial because the guys that get off early, tee off early, They'll be out there with the wind a little lower, but the other guys will be at home watching how they're playing those holes, which is a very key thing when you're playing an open championship at St. Andrews. You sit there and watch the TV and see the mistakes they're making and and improve it on your own self. So it's not that big an advantage to play early. However, the two best putters 
on this board by a mile. And one of them, I'm picking two as well, Cameron Smith, who actually draws the ball. If Cameron Smith ever misses a ball, he he always hooks it, which puts him in the middle of the golf course, a la John Daly. Mm -hmm. And is there anybody better at putting than Cam Smith? So he's one of my picks. The other one is Jordan Spieth. (laughs) People don't realize that you can play both sides of this course. You don't have to play down your fairway. You can play another fairway and come in. Well, isn't that Jordan Spieth's natural game? I mean, sometimes he's all over the place, but who, Diane, hits wedges better than Jordan Spieth? Who putts better than him? So those two, I'm putting my idea around not, they're not going to get flustered. Okay. They're going to play. They're going to play chess. They're going to play the hole the way it was supposed to, and they're going to win with that flat stick, Diane. It's going to separate everybody. I love Cam Smith. You know that I picked him last week for the Scottish Open, and he finished in the top ten. Um, Jordan Spieth, one of my picks as well, at sixteen to one. Just he has a phenomenal record in the Open. He became champion golfer of the year in seventeen. He what did he miss like a ten foot putt in twenty fifteen to make it into the playoff? He's never missed a cut at the Open. Obviously that win, runner up, and two other top ten finishes. He played really good at the Scottish Open last week as well, and. Um, finished in the top 10 there just a few kind of testing holes coming down the stretch but the other thing about speed that I love is just his creativity and he pulls off some of these shots around the greens that you just don't see anyone else do and and we are used to seeing this magic from Jordan Spieth and I think St Andrews just sets up for um, that style of play so yeah same, same with Cam same with Cam yeah. if he misses a ball he's going to hook it out into the middle of the golf course and he's going to be in play and and Cam also played well last week at the Scottish Open, and he's just the most confident putter I've ever seen. Yeah, there's another guy with that kind of around the green creativity magic, and I think you're going to pick him a little bit later on, so I won't give his name away right now. But okay, so we're looking at Jordan Spieth, at Cam Smith, and I've got Rory McIlroy as outright favourites. So one to watch. These are guys at slightly higher odds, and. Um, Again, well, (laughs) this was the category I found the hardest, to be honest, because you've got a a real bunched up group of guys in the middle of the field, so to speak, who are playing great golf. And I am counting experience at St. Andrews pretty highly, but that's not my pick. (laughs) My pick does not really fit that mold. So a little bit of a risk, but do you want to go first with yours? You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I don't have huge odds, but this pick was easy for me. Okay. My next two picks are easy for me. Yeah. Um, this man is an absolute genius on Lynx golf. Grew up on it. He's had enough heartbreak this year, almost won about four times this year, mm-hmm. is already an open champion, absolutely knows how to play the odds on every one of these holes, every chess hole that we're going to play here. Shane Lowry can move his pawn over and checkmate this hole because he is not going to have any surprises on this golf course, which is basically better than everyone else out there. And Lowry has been disappointed a lot this year. He's had a fair amount of heartbreak. You've picked him a, a few times and he's been very frustrated, although he's having his best season he's ever had minus a win. Could it be magic again for Shane Lowry? He, to me, he's the one to watch uh, by a mile, Diane. I love that. What are his odds? 22 to 1. So they're, they're on him. So, uh, you know, okay. he's no big surprise. But he's a Lynx expert. I mean, you have to think about the interaction of the turf too because whenever we went over there and the turf is so tight and so firm and you see the dust coming up yesterday when they hit balls, these guys grew up that way. They're not, they, they know how to put it in their stance where they're going to get the pinch on the ball and they know how it's going to react. And yeah. I, a, a point that I didn't mention earlier, being next to the ocean, there's a lot of salt in that ocean. There's a lot of particles in the air. The ball spins a lot uh, on the second shots because there's, there's more resistance in the air. So you get a lot of spin. So you, the guys that play Lynx golf know how to judge the, the pin-high feel way better than anyone else. You'll see guys hit what they think is pretty good shots and come up 40, 50 feet short, and you'll see these guys that play Lynx golf get a pin-high every time. Okay, and and we saw Lowry put it all to the test when he won at Royal Portrush, which, again, was like the fairy tale ending for him. 
my guy doesn't have the Lynx experience as much. I mean, he's an American. He's having an amazing season with two wins and four top tens. And he has the passion. And I'm talking about Max Homer at 60 to 1. Now, he played really good at the Scottish Open and was in contention for a long time on Sunday. Ended up finishing T16 and just had, had a rough stretch, a rough kind of back five, six holes at the Renaissance Club. But this is one thing that I loved about Max Homer. So he's come over to Scotland. He's completely relishing in this opportunity to play Lynx golf. And after he made the cut at at the Renaissance Club for the Scottish Open. He went to North Berwick Golf Club and he played 18 holes of Twilight Golf. And obviously he just wants the experience. I think he's a total golf nerd and he's just enjoying being in Scotland and playing this type of golf. So I would just like to think that that's put him in good stead for this week. Then, <laughs> I've made the pick already. Then the tea times came out and he's playing alongside Tiger Woods. And We've talked about this before, that can really help or hurt a golfer. And I think Max Homer, who's just a huge Tiger fan and openly admits it, he won the Genesis at Riviera, which is Tiger's tournament at the start of the year. And I just think that it's gonna give him like so much happiness and pride to be playing the Open Championship at St. Andrews with Tiger for the first two days. So I love Max Homer at 60 to one. Going, I do too. Going back to North Barrack, we would go over to North Barrack whether we were playing at Muirfield yeah. or, or anywhere and go and, and play a game of snooker in the clubhouse at North Barrack and go play a loop there about six holes, right? Starting at number seven, which is the most craziest green of all uh, at North Barrack. So, and there's a pub down there called the Oud Hoos. I know we're going to get some <laughs> unusual Scottish words, but they spell it, Diane, A-U-L-D, Oud Hoos, H-O-O-S-E. The old hoose. And if you're ever there, you must go to the old hoose for, for a pint over there. We've, I've got some really good Scottish phrases that I'm going to put to the test with you in a little while. Words and phrases. But that is great. So I'm going for Max Homer. You like Shane Lowry. And then when it comes to our dark horse, we're looking at guys that are over 100 to 1, right? So really high odd guys. Um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first because okay. I've got a special. Well, I was shocked that my guy was 120 to 1. And again, he's somebody who's had experience playing Lynx golf at St Andrews. He even competed in the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship last October. He was in the mix. He shot minus four around the old course. Completely different time of the year, totally different conditions. But, you know, he's, he's played here before in Open Championships. Playing great, coming off a recent win at Memorial. He's got five top tens already this season. And looking at his stats, he was really the only one that I really kind of dove into his stats. And for the season, around the green and putting are excellent. He's a great long shot. And I'm talking Billy Horschel at 120 to 1. I was surprised at those odds. So as soon as I saw it, I thought I'm running with him. Well, Vegas thinks he can't win, but you do. And you're very good at picking players. My pick for Dark Horse is 130 to 1. Oh. <laughs> and uh, this is a local lad. And I've even gone so deep, Diane, I'm taking a left-hander because I think my player is going to get off to a hot start because with the wind, close your eyes and think about it, playing off the first hole, the wind's going to be off the left. Mm -hmm. So a left-hander is going to be able to hit that power draw and he is going to be off to the races. This is one of your own, a Scotsman. Plays so good in Lynx golf. There'll be no surprises. I, look, there's no surprise that when you hear my picks this week, this is experience on Lynx. This is people who do what you got to do to win at St. Andrews. You've got to play chess. You've got to putt good in high wins. Robert McIntyre from Scotland, 130 to 1 left-hander. I am hedging all my bets and putting a left-hander in the lineup, kind of like baseball, to catch the downwind holes on the way out, Diane, and get off to a hot start. Robert McIntyre. 
He's such a big hitter as well, you know, which is going to set him up for some great birdie and even eagle chances. And he would be so disappointed with how he played last week at the Scottish Open as well that I think that for him, it's like all in on this. And I love that. I'm always a big fan of Robert McIntyre. So brilliant. Great pick. 130 to 1 for McIntyre. And I've got Herschel at 120 to 1 as my dark horse. I do think this tournament, as it goes off, Diane, because it's in it's in fast conditions, we will see uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 under win this tournament, four or five under each day. I think Tiger shot the record on this course at 19 under. Mm-hmm. We could see that this week. I'll tell you a little story about that. When Tiger was coming down to the 71st hole, I was staying in the old course hotel, my wife and I. We went upstairs to the bar, wanted to see Tiger Woods coming through on 17, just a massive scene. <clears throat> I looked out on the balcony, completely packed with people. I saw my friend Rocco Mediate sitting way off in the corner, smoking a cigar, and he had a he had a, a, a good chunk of whiskey and a glass right there. So I went and got a couple of drinks, and I wiggled my way out and sat down to uh, next to Rocco. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm sitting right here. I am going to drink this 40-year-old McLaren that I paid $1,000 for when Tiger walks, walks right past me on the 17th hole, and I'll never forget it the rest of my life. So here comes Tiger walking down 17, red shirt, thousands of people, the whole town. Uh, what was her name? Mrs. Uh, Granger? Mrs. Mrs. Granger's bosom <laughs> awaiting them. Um, not quite, but anyway. And as Tiger walked past us, unbeknownst to him, 150 feet in the air, we gave uh, a toast of Scotch whiskey, and Rocco had a puff of cigar as Tiger Woods walked past in the 2000 Open. Now, back to this event. I think there will be some good scores early on this event, and I think there'll be a runaway leader, Diane, but I think it's going to bottleneck up on the weekend and there'll be some cream rising to the crop, and this course will get trickier and trickier and the pressure will mount. Incredible amount of pressure on this event, on this course. So I do think the cream will come. I think this, this, this event will deliver one of the legend champions again. I'm looking up Mrs. Granger's bosom right now. Okay. Okay. So it's named after, (laughs) well, we've talked about it. It's named after local 19th century golfer, Agnes Granger. So there you go. She's a bit of a St. Andrew's legend and uh, her (laughs) legacy lives on. (laughs) And the 15th hole in everybody's mind now, when they see it on TV, they'll either the player will hit his tee shot into the bosom or not. Into the bosom or not. Okay. Right. Well, um, I think it's only fair because we're in Scotland this week, you know, back to back weeks in Scotland and me being Scottish, I have to give you some words, right? So we, Scottish people are known for having a bit of a unique uh, language. We have some words that we use uh, for certain things that are just extremely unique and if you're not <laughs> Scottish it's, uh, it's a bit of a minefield especially when you go and visit. The other thing about Scotland is we have you know so many different dialects and you can drive for 20-30 minutes and the accent will completely change. My accent is from the north of Scotland in the Highlands but you know Glasgow to Edinburgh even they're only 40 minutes apart and people sound completely different. So I've got some words and I put it on Twitter for all my fellow Scots to kind of test you a little bit. So some words some phrases I'm going to give you a word let's see if you can try and fit it into a sentence that's maybe golf related and we'll see if you get it right. <laughs> okay, let's give okay. it a go. It, it, it's um, got to be. You got to. You got to give me a crack at a word that might be in the golf. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've got a few. So um, let's go first with. Uh, what should we start? I'm trying to give you one that's like. Okay, let's give you hooli to start with. Hooli. Hooli. Spell it. H o l l i e. Hooli. You want me to put that into a golf? Yes. I, I may have I may have heard this before. I'm going to try to do it with my accent. Okay. <laughs> Diane, I'm glad you came down because it's blowing a hooey, hooey. <laughs> it's a blowing a hooey. Well done. That's what it means. It means that it's very windy outside. 
And now, will it be blowing a huli this week? You think, or yeah. oh, is there a one that's not quite? Is there a word that's not quite a huli? Um, no, huli means that it's just like very, very windy. So it's it's, and we know that that's going to happen. We said that already. <laughs> the forecast, you just have to ramp it up a little bit when it comes to the wind. So, okay, another one, bra, b r a w, bra, b a b r a w, bra, bra, bra. Um, I would say the gorse and the weather is very broad. Like, like, no, that's not right. It's just, no, it's, that's not right. It is, but you would say the weather this week, especially the weekend, it's going to be a broad day, like a really good day. It means good. Like, oh, it means good. Good, yeah, really good. So now, would the weather, would the weather lady, if you were the weather lady in St Andrews, would you drop Hooli and bra? Hey, you might, you might. If you really want to get on the side of the, the Scots watching, then yeah, you would. You would okay, say okay. it's right, going to be right, a broad day. Everyone would understand you anyway. Um, okay, so here's another one. <laughs> and again, we're on a little bit of a weather theme right now because I have to help you okay, out with okay. this one slightly. But taps off, taps off. So T-A-P-S-A-F-F, taps off. A-A-F-S, like taps M. Taps am? Taps ass. So taps arm. What do you think that means? Taps arm. Taps ass. A F F. Oh, A F F. Oh, I catch it. Taps ass. That's that's crazy word there. So it's weather related. So I went down and I swam in the ocean and it was so cold I tapped ass. <laughs> I don't know. So this is one more. I mean, this is a real like nobody would understand this apart from people of Scotland. But if it's a really beautiful day, so if we have sunshine, I mean, it doesn't have to be a beautiful day by worldwide standards, by Scottish standards. If it's slightly warmer and slightly sunnier, we would say it was taps off weather, meaning that the guys would take their tops off. <laughs> oh, is that right? Well, I did something right. I went for a swim. That's, I, had to That's, I thought you're definitely on the right line here. Um, Okay, that was a good one. Right, this is a good one, and this one would relate to the fans on the course. Um, okay. Hod your wished. Hod your wish? Hod your wished. I can't even. Hod your wish. Hod your. Hod your. Hod your. Do you scream this? at somebody or yeah you, you could do yeah so here, here's a scenario the marshals might shout this at people if they're being a little bit rowdy oh well they, they must be like quiet y'all like we say in texas <laughs> at, at the colonial you're gonna say hide your wish I would love it if they had signs saying "Hod your wish." People would be like, "What does that even mean?" Is that what that means? Like, yeah, be quiet, quiet. quiet. Hold your wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's another one that relates to the fans. Say you've got a big, big. Oh well, I've kind of given it away a little bit. Um, but if we say like it was Hochin, 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 Hochin. It's about the crowd. Yeah. Um, the crowd was hoaching, <laughs> or is it? Or is it just? Is it? Is it dusty? Is it dusty out there? Hoaching. <laughs> hoaching means busy. So, like, if you have a big crowd, if you go to the beer tent and you say, "Oh, it was hoaching," it means it was super busy. It was slammed. Got it. Okay. So this over here, over here, it might be it was happening. Yeah, but over yeah. there is, is, is yeah. the hoaching. It was bouncing, we might say, as well. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, here's another one that would relate to that sort of scenario. If uh, if you saw someone and they were mad with it, mad with it. Spell it, M-A. So M-A-D and then W-A-E and then I-T, three words, mad with it. Mad with it. It has to have something to do with... Uh, a great shot. I mean, I saw it and I said, ah, that's mad way. Nothing to do. Well, shot maybe, <laughs> but we're talking little shot. If someone was very drunk, they were mad way. 
Oh, I see. yeah, okay. That'll happen. <laughs> That'll happen this week. That'll happen for sure. Um, Bad way. I had a few other words that I found, um, like peace, P-I-E-C-E. What do you think that means in Scotland? P-I-E-C-E, peace. Yeah, a peace. Over here in Texas, it means a, a gun on your pocket, because yeah, I know they don't yeah. have guns over there. So <laughs> a peace over there might be a watch, a, tie, a, a clock. No, it means a sandwich, a sandwich or a snack. <laughs> So if I was going to have a jam piece, I'd be having like a jam sandwich. I want a piece of your sandwich or I'll share it. That would be, give me a piece. Give me a piece of your sandwich. <laughs> um, here's one that relates to what we're doing right now. Haver. H-A-V-E-R. If someone's havering. They've got to be handicapping. They're talking about a subject. They're having it. They're having it. They're explaining it. They're explaining something. A little bit, but like talking nonsense. So if you're like talking gibberish, oh, yeah. havering. <laughs> that was, that that's, was the town, that's the town that I'm from, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you think a bahuki is? Bahuki. <laughs> is there any, is there any, uh, any tip? Bahuki. Um, so the fans might be doing this. Uh, well, if I say another word, it gives it away, but... When they're watching the golf, this would come into play. Bahuki. They they're screaming out things. They're they're celebrating. They're 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 like you're the man. They're bahuki. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they would be sitting on their bahuki. It's another word for your bum. <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting on the bahuki. Yeah. Having a piece. Um, oh That's exactly. So could I say Hey, if I saw you out of the golf, hey, you want to go over here and sit on a bahuki and we'll have a piece. Would that, would that, would that work? Sit down and, and eat a sandwich. Get, <laughs> and then we can get mad way it. We'll get mad way it while we're over there. Oh, my God. Perfect. I've never felt more proud. <laughs> you're, you know, you're a, a major champion. You won the players twice. This is the most proud I've ever been of you. <laughs> Um, okay, here's another one. We'll we'll end with this one because it's a good one. If you're like, um, sh if you are really enthusiastic and your favorite golfer is just about to hit like the shot of their life, maybe the tee shot at 17, you would shout, "Gialdi!" <laughs> Give me a spelling. So G I E would be the first word, and then it, and then L A L D Y. L A L D Y. So if I was going to be enthusiastic, I would yell that out, Tealadi, no. like, come on, Tiger, Tealadi. <laughs> no. It's Giet. Giet Laldi, which basically does mean like, go for it. Get, I, can't get the, I can't even get the enunciation from you from the Scottish lingo across no. the... But yeah, it means, get loudy. Come on, get loudy. Go for it. Yeah. Get loudy. Mad way it. Hooey, it's blowing a hooey. Let's have a piece when you get in. We'll go mad way it. Come on, Tiger. That's the new one. Mad way is going to be the new one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that was pure dead brilliant. There's another great Scottish phrase, meaning it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, oh man, that was fun. Well done. You did pretty good. Well, like I said, I've been around you enough to know, and I've been over there enough to know that there's some crazy words over there. I love it. And, and you, you had know, a, a Scottish caddy for a long time as well. I did. Dave Rennick, uh, rest his soul. He won. I was. Uh, he was on my bag at the PGA. I'll finish with a story in 1995. Now that you reminded me of Dave Rennick, we played with uh, Nick Faldo the first two days, uh, and which was a real pain in the rear because he was, a, you know, defending champion coming back to, or, or he's the, the last champion. It was just people everywhere. Anyway, we got we got um, <clears throat> paired again with him on Saturday, and we're walking down the first fairway, thousands of people, and Fanny Suenson, of course, was caddying for Faldo, and we got to our ball in the fairway on number one, and there was a woman streaker 
came out of the crowd. It always happens in Scotland. They always have a streaker. <laughs> remember David, uh, remember uh, John Daly when the, and the, on his back it had the 19th hole with an arrow and Peter Jackson barreled into him and tackled him. But a woman streaker came over to kiss Nick Faldo. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know, you know, if it happened, they, the, the Bobbies got there just in time. But as we were walking across the bridge to the green, Dave Rennick turned to Fanny Sewinson and said, I thought she was coming to kiss you, Fanny. And uh, in his accent, <laughs> Fanny, Fanny was like, uh, what, what's the word you, you can tell someone to hit the road in, in Scotland, in Scottish? She said that to Dave Rennick. <laughs> like, he was just, he, he was pulling he, <laughs> Yeah, he was pulling her chain, so it was really, it was pretty funny. Oh well, um, I was just with uh, I was on a bachelorette party last weekend, and one of the girls who's from Florida, she's moved to England because her husband is from there and he's in the navy, so they moved back. And she was, we were talking about all the girls. They got everyone fanny packs, and I was like, I just can't call it that. I'm like, I call it a bum bag, and they're like, why? And I said, because a fanny is like the word for a female body part in Scotland yeah. and, it, and yeah. you might call someone a fanny like yeah fanny like it's a little bit of a term of endearment but kind of like you fool you idiot but yeah. nicer but yeah I was like I'm not getting on board with fanny pack ever <laughs> I don't blame you hey the streaker you might have been Mrs you'd Granger be, you'd be sitting on your bahookie with your fanny there you go oh. <laughs> yeah mine's like a bahookie pack bahookie pack that's it oh, I tell you I put it on Twitter and I've just refreshed my Twitter and the majority of Scottish people that have sent me words I have to give you this one word <laughs> oh good I have and to have it it's bawbag b-a-w-b-a-g Ball bag. Ball bag. What do you think that is? Well, I know what it. I know what it could possibly be over here. Ball bag. Is there any any kind of tip, any kind <laughs> of uh, connotation I can put this into? Ball bag. It's kind of like funny, I guess. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> can I use it? Can I use it in the golf? Um, probably not. Only I tell you what. If somebody streaked across the fairway, you could call them a ball bag. Oh, that's a ball bag. That yeah. guy. He's a what a ball bag. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly like an idiot kind of. We had um, we had a really bad storm in Scotland a few years ago, and I lived there and worked on the radio. And the the storm affectionately became known as Hurricane Bobag. So we're talking like BBC News, all the major news outlets. Everyone was referring to it as Hurricane Bobag. We kept saying like only in Scotland, only in Scotland would this have happened. Well, let's keep those people sending us words that they, they, they can, the Scottish terminology, so we can we maybe have to add to our list this week. Yeah. Got to yeah. be golf-related that we can add to the golf. Yeah, we can make them golf-related. That's so good. Right, Alcura Star, thank you so much. So the full tour report with all of our picks, and we're excited, the final major of the year, and obviously we've we've been talking about just how special it is, 150th Open, delayed a year here at St Andrews, and we cannot wait to see this golf kick off on Thursday. Can't wait. And the only thing that's going to be at the end of it is when the the pipers come out. Will they come out in the beginning or will they come out at the end or both? When they sing the Flower of Scotland or they play the Flower of Scotland or... Uh, the, they will definitely do it at the end. They might do it at the start. As the, the um, I know that Paul Laurie is there hitting the ceremonial uh, tee shot. So they might do it at the start. That would be special. Good. Can't wait. I'll be crying. <laughs> <laughs> will there be kilts in the crowd? For sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> okay. I can't wait, Diane. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.